0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The Heritage End of Year Fund Drive is officially on. Become a member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate.
1: Welcome to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. We're a show about food, politics, and identity, and I'm your host, Leah Kurtz. Tonight in the studio, we have with us Francesca Solceney of Soulsips. Soul Sips is a plant-based vegan restaurant started by Francesca at just 22 years old. She's an activist and started Soul Sips in the heart of Bushwick, Brooklyn. This is a restaurant that provides the community with an affordable plant-based menu and is known for their weekend sliding scale brunch, where an entire plate of food can cost as low as $7, which is like unheard of in Brooklyn. (laughs) Um, The inspiration for Soul Sips um, and the affordable menu pricing options come from Cheney growing up in a food desert in East New York and not having access to affordable plant-based foods. Um, So that's an important element of SoulSip's mission. And Cheney is also working with the Kingsbrook Hospital to provide free plant-based vegan cooking classes to the East Flatbush community. Thank you so much for joining us, Francesca. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me. So...
1: I'm curious how the idea for the restaurant got started. What kind of sparked that first uh, impulse to start this, at, especially like that's a big venture,
2: right? Yeah, so Soul Sips evolved naturally. I was juicing at first, and I uh, was in my kitchen with my friends and my family, inviting them over on Sundays, and we would have some of the offerings that I'd make, which would be herbal teas and um, an herbal coffee that I've been developing that we now serve at Soul Sips, and nut milks and smoothies. And I'd also always just have food that I'd make, and it would be vegan because that's the way that I was eating for the past few years. And when we went into the venture to open up the location for Soul Sips, it happened because we were expanding... We were getting a lot of orders for the juices and the smoothies, the teas, for festivals and pop-ups, so we needed a bigger space. When we got to the space, we saw that it had a kitchen, so my family encouraged me to uh, take on the, the responsibility of making food along with the drinks, and it was a really good idea coming into it, and then as we got into it a little bit more, I started to see how... Um, just food in general plays such a huge role in our lives and also how much me having access to this food now was um different than not having it when I was growing up
1: yeah so the kind of food that's on the menu is that typical? is that kind of representative of what you grew up eating or is or is it like wildly different excuse me different
2: It's definitely representative. So, my mom has been vegan for most of my life. And with that, we would always eat a lot of plant based foods at home. And uh, some of the things are um, ideas that I'd had to like play around with. And a lot of the spices are cultural that are a staple in the diet of my family in Belize and also staples in the diets of my family from. Ohio and Alabama Wow and so is that who First taught you how to cook your mom Actually my grandmother So my mom as While I was growing up she had her Own boutique and I was Living with my family but My grandmother was the primary caretaker Like from the hours Of the morning till the evening until my parents Came home so um, I Remember just like always being in the kitchen With my grandmother and uh, when she would bake because she made everything from scratch she would always give me a piece of the dough to like play around with and uh, that was her version of play dough. but eventually she taught me how to actually cook and I was always just like standing on a chair next to her over the stove that's great and would you say um a lot of those
1: like like i've i've been there once it's 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 wonderful food and i yeah i think your approach to some of those kind of ingredients like the non you know coffee coffee and um some of the uh it's gluten free am i correct yeah we do have okay. gluten free options okay yeah so what's what uh inspired you to go that route to make it very much like whole foods plant based and avoid some of um Some of those things like gluten and caffeine, is that just to appeal to a wider range of people, or is there something more to it?
2: It's just really because that's how I like to eat, and that's how I like to um, just live inside of my body, and I was thinking that as, like, coming into this, I just wanted to be authentic and also just wanted it to connect to myself because I felt like that would be the easiest way to have fun, but also make it an enjoyable experience. And um, yeah, so it'd be hard for me to serve anything that I wouldn't actually eat myself. And who's typically in the kitchen cooking with you? So currently uh, things have changed a lot during the past year. There's uh, at one point I was able to have people that would like come in and work in the kitchen part-time and I would be in there a little less and as things started to develop a little bit more I realized that I enjoyed being in the kitchen a lot more and actually being able to touch the food and put a lot of intention and care and love into it and so I have um another person there that cooks on the weekends and they put as much um care and intention into it and uh Another person that preps with me my mom is also in the kitchen sometimes um and she'll a lot of the times like give me her feedback on new recipes that I try out and that's pretty much the kitchen it's really sacred so I try to be really mindful of like who's coming in and out
1: Mm. yeah like the energy you put into the food matters yeah even the mood you're in that kind of
2: yeah definitely Uh, and has the menu evolved you've been open for over a year now um yeah so like a year and like two weeks (laughs) okay Ooh, congratulations thank
1: you (laughs) I love the yearly anniversary uh this (laughs) happened with um Devon Francis of Yardi I
2: love Yardi (laughs) yeah I've never
1: met him in person but um... oh he's great it was a great uh interview and Ah. it was like the day after their first anniversary so I'm I'm happy to be uh, speaking with you. in in that time, it's a, I mean, it's exciting to have like, you know, a full year around the you know around the sun to maybe reflect on what's changed or the transformation. And also, I'm curious. Yeah, is, has the menu changed? Has your approach to the business, um, you know, evolved in this past year?
2: Yeah. So the menu has changed. We've offered seasonal bites and. Um, At this point in time, I do have recipes that I'd like to add to the menu, and I'm hesitant only because the volume has increased a lot, so I don't know if the space is conducive to actually making those recipes in its fullest um, essence. So there are plans to evolve the menu some more, as well as evolving in terms of our growth and our expansion. In terms of business, I've learned to... I've learned to just like be strategic in splitting time up and what that means is like really taking the time to prep and actually being there for that process and also just like taking the time to like look at expenses and sit with my accountant and also like taking the time to just like sit with my team and come back to the root of intention and why we're all here and making it a space where everyone is able to flourish and where it doesn't necessarily seem like, you know, like we're here and we're working and I'm a boss and like this is, and like they're my employees, you know. I approach it in the sense of we're all here and we're all serving people and we get to add whatever we want to add to that as long as it's something that can increase the um the experience in a good way yeah I would imagine that the both the
1: pressure to be like a quote-unquote boss um especially like being you know a new business owner yourself and kind of figuring it out like the team approach would be better anyway but also the effect it has in the process like while you're cooking and while you're um, you know, like while your doors are open, I'm sure that creates a better dynamic anyway, like of this is collective and kind of speaks to the mission behind, you know, this very community centered kind of approach to soul sips.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, um, it's something that I really enjoy. I really like the people that I get to work with and the team changes depending on, you know, coming into it. I, I, Approached it in the way that everyone's coming on their own journey. So some people may be there for a couple months. Some people may be there. We've had we have someone that's been there with us for a whole year, and so um, actually a couple people have been with us for a whole year, and then some have have transitioned along. And it's been really great to just be a part of that journey with the people that I get to work with. And also, um, it allows me to to constantly check myself and constantly realize that in working in a team dynamic, there are different ways that I get to show up for people depending on their work styles. And um, it's been really a learning experience for me. What would you say is an item
1: on the menu that incorporates what you were saying earlier, like, your family from Belize, your family from in the South and in the Midwest, and then mm-hmm. your own kind of personal ethos.
2: Um, automatically, I'm thinking about the avocado mushroom melt, and not necessarily because of the not because of the actual like mushrooms avocado and tomatoes that are in it but because of the seasoning and because of the way that it tastes at the end. And it just reminds me a lot about like sitting down at the table with my families on both sides and just biting into something that's like really flavorful, really well seasoned. And um, yeah, I feel like that encompasses it fully for me. What are some of those spices? Uh, Some of those spices are like oregano and parsley and basil. So a lot of the things that we cook with are more so like herbs. Like fresh herbs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sounds delicious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how would you articulate the the mission itself and the way that you're serving that specific community like in your own words like we have this you know great bio but I guess how would you describe that and has that changed since you've started the the impact
2: you're having on the community around you for me I could really speak to the experience and especially the past couple days but like I'm speaking of specifically the past couple of days because I just kind of like realize like I just started to look out of the kitchen like I would always look out of the kitchen but I, I just started to really like be more observant and more like and develop like an emotional intelligence in some aspect to um, the people that are coming in and how they're interacting with the food and For me, what it means is like seeing people actually being able to eat and feel uplifted by a meal. And most of the times when people eat our food, they leave happier and feeling lighter. And it's like being able to create a space that is safe and brave that exists within the world but then like it's kind of like a little secret space whereby like you can come in and actually like get away from what's going on outside Mm -hmm. and then the idea of like bringing that experience to everyone's table and how can we create this yeah we're in Bushwick and and we're in a space whereby people are voluntarily coming in because they can afford to eat plant-based. And though our mission is rooted in accessibility and <clears throat> and affordability and also accountability, I know that there are still a lot of people that aren't able to come into our doors because $7 on a Saturday is still too much so cooking classes that are free and also as much as we can like sponsoring events that are connected to that mission of making sure that there's equity across the board so that's what that's been for me and it's only evolved now I'm able to Now I'm able to actually put the experience into writing so that I'm able to connect with other institutions like other like Kingsborough for example. We just talked about like expanding the program for 2019 and what that'll look like. So maybe not just cooking classes but also workshops and also community forums. So talking about local community gardens and farms and how we can actually support the people that are in our networks and in our like our span, our wingspan within our actual communities that have food that are making food keeping it local and also like making sure that everyone can get a piece of of the pie, essentially. We're going to take a quick
1: commercial break,
3: and then we'll be right back after this. Next year, Heritage Radio Network is turning 10. For the last decade, we've been committed to bringing listeners around the world the very best in food radio for free. Our small staff and incredible network of hosts work hard so that listeners can tune in each week to hear the important conversations in food policy, stay on the cutting edge of cocktail culture, and hear the latest updates in food tech. But there is no HRN without the support of listeners like you. Become a member of Heritage Radio Network today and help HRN get a strong start to our second decade. Choose from exclusive member gifts and stay in the loop on discounts to upcoming events. There's no better time to show your support. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate and wish HRN a happy birthday.
1: Welcome back to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Leah Kurtz. And tonight in the studio, we have Francesca Cheney of Soul Sips in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And we were just talking about um, the, the background of Soul Sips, which is a plant based vegan restaurant that focuses on making plant based food both nourishing and affordable um, to the community around it. The, to the community that it serves. And we were talking a little bit about some of the projects that Francesca is working on using Soul Sips, not just as a restaurant, but kind of as a site to create community-centered activism, whether that's um, cooking classes, whether that's a connecting with local gardens and farms. So we were kind of in the middle of just talking about that during the break. So I'm really curious to hear more about that. Some of the partnerships that you're forming and the ways that you envision using this space and kind of this platform to go beyond just cooking food and not just as in like that that's a it's a wonderful very meaningful thing but to go beyond that service and to connect more broadly with other needs that that you see and that you know about
2: yeah so um as i mentioned we are building partnerships with community gardens, um, Tahuti Maat, and also the People's Garden, and um, Norwich Meadow Farms upstate, and just you know continuing to support locally. And there are so many people that are doing the work in food justice. And I say this all the time, but I really can't stress it enough. I'm. I'm privilege to be able to operate a space in Bushwick and I'm coming into a conversation from the end of it coming into the food justice conversation from the the side of it of knowing what it's like to grow up in a food in a food desert, food apartheid essentially and then also there are many people that are doing the work so um, I I'm walking into a fully furnished space. You know, um, it's not something new. It's not something that is like, we didn't just come up with this idea. There are a lot of people that have been doing the groundwork. So um, having a space uh, is a way to gather people into the conversation. Yeah. And you talk about
1: serving people who have been excluded and shut out of the wellness, quote-unquote, industry. Can you speak a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, so my experience with food is through the wellness the wellness community. And I say community because there's, like, I don't really know how to describe it Um, I know that in the past few years the idea of wellness and the conversation has become something that you see and hear about everywhere I was fortunate enough to get the experience of working at an apothecary and working at a wellness center all here based in Brooklyn and I got to learn a lot about how I can take care of my body and for me that means so much especially as a person who you know I'm living in a body that's marginalized and and also historically oppressed so to be able to just care for myself and um, you know there's politics around being able to just get good health insurance and being able to say, hey, well, I can potentially maybe create this meal for myself, it'll nourish me, it'll feel good, and maybe if it's not too high in salt content, then um, I can avoid getting high blood pressure, then that's like, that's a large resource, and I can't take it for granted because I know what it's not I know what it's like not to have that information so when I talk about like creating a conversation or creating a space an initiative whereby it's about inclusion into the quote-unquote wellness conversation community it's really about it's really about a conversation about how we can feel good inside our bodies while we're in this experience even if we're like walking through the world and our bodies are being oppressed or even if we're walking through the world and um, we might not have the funding in our pockets to be able to you know get good health insurance to um, you know maybe even get access to a good plate of food
1: and the cooking class this sorry the cooking classes that you've started teaching which are free kind of meet another angle of that need and what has that experience been like have how i don't know how many classes you've taught so far but maybe what are some of the things that you've taught and what's been the feedback and in trying to share this information and kind of create a more holistic sense of like you can use food for so many things and it can be this empowering tool
2: so the feedback that we've gotten with the cooking classes well first and foremost the the route that we take with it is being able to talk about like a plate of food and East Flatbush is a community that is there has there's so many different cultures and a large percentage of the population is Caribbean culture and so instead of like excluding instead of saying to anyone you should exclude meat or you should exclude anything it's really not about Exclusion. It's more so about how can we implement adding more greens and more veggies into our diet. So, one of the first classes we had was centered around like, just like, dips and spreads, and we might be we are used to using like mayo and different um, different dips and spreads, but instead. How about making our own with beans and creating hummus from scratch and bean dips from scratch and and taking the the plantain chips that we're used to and dipping them inside of it and maybe swapping that out, um, swapping the the plantain chips with like in part of me, swapping the potato chips for like plantain chips and. Um, yeah so it's it's really fun and the feedback has been great because everyone is involved and everyone's like wow well like this is really good and now I know like now this is a this is something I can bring back to my household to my family and I am interested in incorporating more veggies and I I am interested in also like preventative health with food and it's something that I've also heard a lot at the restaurant as well like in the past few months people older people have been coming in from East New York from East Flatbush from Brownsville places that I grew up in and like I'm used to those are my stomping grounds and so I'm seeing elders come in and say hey like Uh, yeah I want to try this and to me that's like really amazing because I know what it's like to grow up in a family that's like uh I'm not going to do like I cannot have a plate of food that's like without certain ingredients Mm -hmm. in it so yeah it's been really cool yeah and this
1: idea of crowding versus cutting like crowd your plate with the beautiful things. And that's and a much different theoretical and ideological approach to, you know, meat is murder, don't eat it, all of that stuff. And I, and I am curious your thoughts on that approach to plant-based eating and vegan food versus kind of the mainstream rhetoric, which can be very shrill and very judgmental.
2: Yeah, so, with, um, I'm always very, like, tiptoe, tiptoey around this, you know, idea of vegan food. And only because, automatically, once you see vegan food, and, like you said, we're used to this idea of, like, shaming or bashing for eating meat or um really like discouraging people from eating meat when we don't necessarily know what's in their grocery store aisles or what's in their pockets in order to be able to create a filling mill um you know, growing up, I've always heard people say that, like, it's not necessarily that they are not interested in in increasing plants into their diet. It's just that they need something filling and sustaining. And I understand that historically, the thought of provisions and the thought of From my dad's side of the family, like growing up in the Midwest and being an African-American family and having a a tight budget, needing to feed, you know, a whole family of 10 people, you're going to go with something that's going to be filling for everyone. And so a lot of the times the that is it's something that includes meat as the protein and. So I just don't believe in introducing the concept of vegan food through that lens because I'm just, I don't know where everyone is coming from. So I I really love the idea of just adding plants, making it something that's a, a loving experience and also making it something that is a measurable experience so how do you feel in your body after you eat this? Because that's really the, the main reason that I chose to have a plant-based diet because of the way that it makes me feel. I'm able to, like, move around more and feel a little lighter within my body. And I personally like that feeling, so that's why I eat this way. But I'm not in everyone else's bodies, so I can't suggest that that's a good solution for everyone. Yeah, I was
1: curious, you said growing up with a mother who had adopted a vegan lifestyle like prior to when you were born or shortly after? Yeah, shortly after. So you grew up eating that kind of food. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment where you kind of
2: deviated or, you know, tried different like so, foods, like animal products? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. So I actually didn't become vegan until two and a half years ago. Okay, And so I grew up in the household eating vegan food. And for my mom, she's like, I don't want you to inherently become vegan because I'm vegan. She really encouraged me to explore while giving me the information that these foods do these things for your body. And when I was 15 I decided okay I want to become a vegetarian and even upon me making that decision she was like you know um that's like that's cool like I'm I'm really glad you're making that decision but it wasn't like oh like told you so it wasn't anything like that you know um and then yeah so I from there transitioned over to becoming vegan but yeah, I've I've had animal products before, and yeah, like it was never a, um, like, my mom never forced it, enforced it on me. She just cooked it in the household. So yeah, it wasn't compulsory. But yeah, it was something you were engaging with. And yeah, had the choice to say yes or no. And I really appreciate that approach because it makes me more. Um, it just it allows me to kind of see it from a different angle and like not come to this this um, community of plant based foods and see it as like something that is like this I guess the way that I want to say is like There's a lot of love surrounding it as opposed to like you have to do this because like this is going to happen if you don't do this. or like scare tactics, Mm -hmm. like the the scare tactic approach is unhealthy. So that's why like growing up around that, the opposite of that, which was like a explore and expand. And if you like it, you should do it if you want to. That's the way that I'm able to translate that into soul sips.
1: And for you, is cooking a form of
2: activism? For me, cooking is a form of... I, I, don't, I don't see the cooking part of it as activism. I see the serving part of it as activism. The cooking part of it to me is healing because I actually get to touch this food. And I think about it a lot of the times, actually every meal, like what is this person's experience going to be when they have this food from their first bite to their last bite? And um, how will they feel after that? Because we come to food for nutrients and for energy and to get the opportunity to make a meal for someone is similar to like i don't know like holding a baby right after they're born it's just such a personal experience and i'm interacting with a part of people every single day and this is going inside their bodies so i'm like super sensitive towards that experience and super grateful.
1: And while you're cooking, are you listening to music? Do you want to share anything? Okay. <laughs> what is? What are some tunes you're listening to that you uh, want to share? At some point, I want to make a food without borders playlist, uh, so
2: I'm compiling this in a sneaky way. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, Not some so hope. sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a song. It's called "Habits." Um, I just heard it like on a playlist. I'm listening to that. Um, I have to, like, find the name of the artist um, because it's new to me. But also, I'm listening to um, Angie Stone, Nina Simone, Joe Scott. I'm also listening to um, a lot of, like, instrumental music and also percussion music. Um, I love expanding the playlist for soul sips like we recently um collaborated with a local musician and they created a playlist for soul sips and we've done it before in the past so like i think like that just fuels the experience so much just having the right music on and like when the playlist finishes and even if there's like five minutes of silence i'm just like please like more music please (laughs) And that's
1: such a great way to interact with yeah, someone else in the community who's making cool art or making like great mixes yeah. that you can then share because you have this space air and sound is a space that you can
2: share. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool and um and super important to me to like just collaborate.
1: And are there any upcoming events or projects or anything that you want to share with our listeners?
2: At the moment, we're focusing on expanding. So that's the... What
1: does that look like for you? What does expansion look like?
2: Expansion for me looks like getting into a bigger space. Okay. And um, and the route that we're going to go about it is a Kickstarter. So that'll be coming out in a couple weeks. And and yeah, it means a lot to me because of the setup. So we didn't necessarily know that we were going to be able to have the opportunity to feed so many people. And now as we are, we're um, just seeing that some of Like it's 350 square feet. Our kitchen is like 50 square feet and the outside part is like 300. So like I'm working in this small kitchen and we're doing so much. And I just I look forward to seeing what we can do when we have the space. So that's a a big thing for us. And I've been getting a lot of requests from people to make a cookbook. So I am starting the process of writing a cookbook that is centered around just like conversations around the dinner table. So it's a, it's a series that's going to engage conversations that you can have like while you're eating as well. Wow, that sounds incredible.
1: Thank you. So we will link to your Kickstarter when you release it yes. so that our listeners can you know, contribute to that, contribute to you being able to grow and expand. I think that's really exciting. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming here and taking time out of your, I'm sure, very busy life to chat with (laughs) us and to share more about your work. And tune in next week for another episode. I'm sorry. This is our last week. This is it for 2018. (laughs) So we will. This is the last episode of the season. It's been it's been wonderful. And we will um, we'll see everyone in the new year. Happy New
2: Year. Happy New Year.